0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. I'm your host, Charity, and this is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Him alone, not through legalism, not through works, but through His grace and mercy. We are going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the eternal truth of God's Word. So, whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, a grandma, an entrepreneur, whether you're new to the walk of Christianity, or a veteran spiritual warrior, you are welcome here. Let's get started. Good morning everyone. This is Strong Christian Female, and it is morning for me. It's quite early, so my voice has that really cool kind of DJ sound to it. I hope you enjoy it. It's a bit of a shake-up. Today our podcast is about the inevitable. And the reason I'm doing this one is I see a lot of different things in the church right now that are really just doom and gloom and fear and sad. And a lot of it from when I'm hearing people talk, they start talking about the end times, the end days, rapture. And I'm not hearing a lot of talk so much in my immediate circles about revival, destiny, you know, being victorious. It's a lot of more defeatism, a lot of more, well, what will be, will be a lot of more like ecclesiastical, woe is me, Solomon kind of things. And I I don't read that in the word. Now, there is a time, obviously, for things to happen. Your life goes through seasons. You can make choices that cause different things. You can make great choices, and the enemy is still attacking you. But the more I live, the more I realize that it's my deception to believe I'm the underdog in this fight. Now, everyone would probably agree, hopefully, that God wins in the, quote, end, whatever the end is. But in the meantime, a lot of the followers are thinking, well, we're going to lose. That You know, the world is Satan's. It's a sin-fallen world. I hear this all the time about sickness. It's a sin-fallen world. That's why I'm sick. You know, we live in a sin-fallen world. That's why my kids don't want to go to church. It's a sin-fallen world. There's very little victory in those conversations, And now if you're paying attention to the political movement, the global, especially the global, like if you can really get some interesting news and actual news, the global news can be very discouraging. And it can seem like, quote, we're losing because people have done evil things. They continue to do evil things. They are evil because they are human beings. They crave power and money. They crave, you know, being put on a pedestal. And that has driven so many of our leaders to just be blatantly awful. And some of them, I believe, demonically influenced at the, at the least. Not all of them, but many of them. And some of them just hate God. And they hate God. They hate man. They're just like Satan. They hate people. They want them to suffer in any way they can, whether it's through economic despair, disease. And they glorify in this. And then as the church, a lot of people have sat back and said, you know, we're just We're just doomed. And what we do when we do that is we have created a world, not only devoid of hope, I mean, there's hope in death, right? There's hope in heaven. There's hope in dying. I mean, I just heard a pastor say, we'll all be healed eventually. We'll all find peace eventually. And he was literally saying, when we die, that will happen. That is true. And what a sad existence as believers we would live if we clung to that instead of what scripture says, which is that we are overcomers. So I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about this, mostly because I could spend a lot of time talking about this because I've been there. I haven't wanted to get out of bed. I've had my mind so full of what my dad calls chatter that I couldn't think straight I've been through, uh, you know, different types of things. My body has gone through autoimmune disorders, but beyond that, I've gone through depression. I have lost my dream and it was such a death to me. It felt as if my one and only intimate love died and I spent months not functioning well. I have wanted to not be married anymore because of the despair I was in thinking, you know, telling myself lies about how my spouse would be better off. I've told myself lies that my kids would be better off. Now, the Lord was right there to combat those lies, but it was like this war of what I felt or what was, you know, my my husband looks back and really believed it was spiritual warfare. I think there was some spiritual warfare happening, but I also think that there was just some human, I feel guilty I suck happening, if you want me to be blunt. I think there was a lot of shame, a lot of self, just self-spiraling. So I don't want to go down my particular story. I just use myself as much as I can because I want you to feel like (laughs) I've been there and I'm not judging you and I can pick on my past self a little bit more. I don't feel comfortable always pointing out other things. I'm not here to gossip about people I see doing things. I'm here to point out the lie and here's the lie. We are defeated. That's the lie. That's not what the Bible says. We can make choices to put us in a position where we've left God's boundaries and therefore we've left his protection, but we, the church is not defeated. So when we start getting into this thing, we're wrong. So I wrote, if we're doomed to live in a sin fallen world and we accept the boundaries of that world rather than the reality of God's world, the spiritual realm, we are stuck with sickness, depression, oppression, defeat, and torment. So where does that leave us as Christians? Christians. And where does that leave the world who needs a savior? If we're the defeated ones that are destined to live in sickness, depression, oppression, defeat, torment, where does that leave the world? How do they see our savior live in us? But see, the Bible says to pray not only to forgive and to be grateful, but on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness, depression, oppression, defeat, and torment in heaven, but we have accepted that as believers. We've accepted that that's that's fine with God. The Bible blatantly says otherwise. Now, there's a, a group of folks that really also cling to like predestination. Now, the predestination they cling to, which is not a predestination I read in the Bible, is, you know, all of your actions are inevitable to in in one place or the other. It doesn't matter how good you are, how much you love the Lord, how many rules you follow, what you do, you are destined to either go to heaven or hell before you're ever born. And no matter what you do, you cannot avoid that. That's not the predestination I read. In fact, I hate the word predestination because it makes people think that they have zero control over where they end up. Some people believe in the rapture over the revival. This is the end times. We mentioned that, you know, there's nothing we can do. And they they ignore that the world is now ripe for a harvest because of the desperation they're in. They also think that sin is inevitable because we're human. What are you going to do? We're all human beings. What are you going to do? Oh, well. We sprinkled a little bit of truth in their lives. We never watered the seeds. We never fertilized the seeds. We never did anything to help that grow and nurture. But we threw some seeds at them. And now they're still sinners. What are you going to do? They're just human beings. We live in a sin-fallen world. All of these things take the power away from Jesus in us. And it means that our actions have no effect on our lives. Our desire has no effect on our lives. Our discipline And discipline has the word disciple in it. I point that out because discipline is a good thing. It is not a bad thing. So how do we stay victorious? Well, first we're going to put on the armor of God. That's what the Bible talks about. It says put on the armor of God and it tells you what armor to put on. Second, we have power over Satan. The Bible says that. Not only do we have power over Satan because God put us in a position of power over him, We have power over Satan because Jesus went to hell and stole the keys and left him in shambles. We are also given the amazing, confusing, wonderful gift of hope. And all of this leads to victory over our flesh, over circumstances, and over the world. But we don't take a stance of victory. I often will not take a stance of victory I don't understand what God's doing sometimes. And in that feeling, I feel defeated rather than saying, God, I trust you have the best for me. I trust that as I follow you on this road and have no idea where we're going, where we end up is going to be a better place than I planned. My life dreams are going to look like just shambles, just a rickety shack compared to what you have planned for me. And you guys, I have been there where I have just said, well, I guess in heaven, I'll get to do those things, even though it's the desire of my heart since I was seven. I guess in heaven, those things will come true. It must not have been meant for what I was here to do on earth. But even if that is true, even if I'm right on that, there's a defeatism to that. There's a sadness to that. And I don't want to live in sadness. I want to live in hope and say, but God, your ways are so much better than my ways. See, we're here to fight a spiritual battle and not an economic one over our funds. You need to be disciplined in your money. I'm here to tell you. I've wasted so much money not knowing it because I was surviving and not thriving. I know it's cheesy. I know, but it's true. But, but, but not to rabbit trail. I'm saying we need disciplines. But we also need to recognize we're spiritually victorious over the enemy and we have to arm up. So what the heck does the Bible even say about all this? Well, he says that there's victory for followers of Christ. He being the Word of God, Jesus. I'm gonna just highlight some of these scriptures. I'm actually not gonna read them all the way through. All of them, I will point some out. But I'm gonna just go through some for you to write down. First John five four through five talks about overcoming the world. Romans eight thirty seven says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says there's victory through Jesus. Galatians 5.16 says that we walk by the Spirit, which means we, don't, we ignore what's going on around us and we ask God what to do. Again, turn off the news. Isaiah 41.10 through 13 says, fear not, I am with you. Ephesians 6.16 says, take up the shield of faith. It means we are going into battle and we're going to win. Romans 12.2, be not conformed to this world, but renew your mind is what that one talks about. Psalm 60.12, we shall do valiantly the things of God. Valiantly. We're going to live valiantly. We're going to do things valiantly with the Lord. John 10.10, the thief comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. Okay, that's not God. If you get into this, what are you going to do? The world's here. Things are dying. This is awful. That's what the thief does. He lies to you. He convinces you that you in Jesus Christ's name, cannot defeat him. But the Bible blatantly says that in Jesus's name, we can cast out demons. Hello? We can heal the sick. That's what we're called to do. What are we doing? We should be leading people rapidly into the throne of Jesus, not deflecting him away. Okay, Ephesians 4.30 talks about to not bring sorrow, to the Holy Spirit of God, by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Yet our actions can grieve God. Our actions can drive us away from God, not because he leaves us, because we leave him. He cannot abide in sin. But it says that we have been identified as his own, by him, by God. That alone should get you through life. Romans 1620 says that Satan is crushed under our feet. And 1 John 2.15, it says, do not love the things of this world because those that do the love of the Father is not in him. We want the love of the Father in us. There are ways to get these things, which we will talk about another day. But right now, I'm just going to change a perspective. That perspective is we are victorious. We aren't losing. And if you feel you are, that's a lie from the pit of hell. He is the liar, the prince of lies. You need to ask God to give you a spiritual perspective. You go into work. Someone hates you, despises you. That's a spiritual battle. Your battle is not with them. Your battle is with whatever's influencing them. And the hope, the light, the joy. Do you know how many people I used to make mad because I was happy? Not even fake happy, like actually happy. I would make people angry. Hi, good morning. How are you? They would be, they would bristle. Now, I know maybe you're out there listening. You're going, well, maybe you're a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I get up, but I'm not a morning person. I don't wake up. Do, 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 everybody. I'm not one of those people. I'm like, I got to get up because I'm disciplined enough to get up to get things done. But you guys, I get it. But they hated that I was happy. There were times I would work in, you know, professional theater. And there were people that would wait for me to be in the room to do certain things because they were seeing if it bothered me. There is a testing Not necessarily of your flesh. That stuff wasn't fleshly appealing to me. But there is a spiritual force influencing people. They do not know it. They think they're smart. They think they're this. They think they're that. But you guys, we're victorious over what influences them. Love them anyway. Don't let them have victory over you. Don't let your flesh get in the way of what your spirit is longing for, which is connection in the heavenlies. You guys, we have to get with the Lord every day because this world is crumbling around us, but not God's kingdom. See, that's the part we're a part of. We're a part of the kingdom of heaven. We aren't a part of this world. And yes, I I know that that can sound rapture Oh, thank goodness Jesus might come back tomorrow. What if he doesn't? Because only the Father knows when he's coming back. What if it's another 100, 200, 400 years? Our kids will still be here. Our grandkids, our great-grandkids. Do you want them to live in muck and mire and despair and disease? I don't. So what are we going to do to take our mantle that was given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ and walk in it? See, like I mentioned the other day, I wanted to be the Peter that speaks boldly, saves thousands, not because of me, but because I was willing to open my mouth and let the Holy Spirit do his work. I'm sorry. I want to walk by people and get them healed. I want to be healed. When that person was saying, well, everybody will be healed eventually. I was mad. I was like, shut up. I know that. You know that. We all know people who weren't cured of cancer and they died. I'm not here to say there's a formula to it. But that's not God's best. And I'm going to not live believing I'll never be healed. Because where does that leave me? That leaves me as saying God has no victory over illness. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That Satan wants everyone to believe. I will only be healed if I do this or that. And it has nothing to do with the Lord. Medicine is great. I'm not against science. Science, true science, is following Jesus in his creation, and God in his creation, and how things work. I'm here to tell you, though, that most believers will absolutely put their faith in some sort of surgery before they'll ever pray for healing. Some sort of medicine. They might pray for a good doctor. You know what? We've got the good doctor, the best doctor ever, and that's the Lord. You know... God has been dealing with me too. If you want to feel better, go laugh. Laugh. Because laughter is the greatest medicine. That is going to defeat the battle. Do you want to know how mad the devil will be if you laugh all the time? It infuriates him. Laughter infuriates him. Someone pointed this out. Why do you think professional comedians, many of them, have such oppressive, intense, hard lives? Yes, there's a psychological element to that high they're trying to match. Again, I don't want a rabbit trail on that, but it is a spiritual oppression over them because they are bringing, wherever they go, the glory of God in some capacity because of the laughter they're bringing. Satan doesn't like laughter. He might like cackling because of the sinister nature of what he does, but he has no joy. He doesn't have happiness. He kills, he steals, steals by stealth. That's what that means. And he destroys. He doesn't build and laugh and enjoy so make a group and laugh but ladies no matter what you do I want you to feel victorious the challenge with all of this though is we have to choose what side we're on I'm not saying that you lose your salvation because you have a bad day that's ridiculous I'm also not saying that you lack faith because you're not happy that is also not okay sorry I get that I've been raised in churches that say that I don't want to get off here I'm saying we need to take a moment and understand where God has placed us in this, and it is above and not beneath. And we are to put on the full armor of God. He tells us how to do that. We are to take steps of faith and pray for people. We are to feel empowered because He empowers us through the Holy Spirit. We are not to sit here and feel sorry for ourselves. So in Jesus' name, I want to pray for all of us today. God, we want to be victorious in you. We love you. We want to be more with you every day. We want to be more like you every day. And we want to take up our sword and armor up. And we want to take a step of faith. And we want to laugh more, have joy more, be in scripture more, enjoy you, be with you. And we don't ever want to look back. In Jesus' name, I ask that the women listening today, including myself, be full of victory. We take the power over sin and death. Our Holy Spirit victory stance influences those around us so that no matter what comes at us, not only can we deflect it, but we see the bigger picture of their spiritual journey and we pray for them. And when we pray for them, things happen. We tear down the strongholds of the enemy in people's lives that we know and don't know, famous people, leaders, politicians. And we ask Jesus that you do this in your son's name who died on the cross, in Jesus' name. We ask for victory in our families, for happiness and joy, true joy to bubble up out of us. We ask that we stop watching things that pull us down and we only watch things that lift us up. We ask Jesus that we're more in your word. We're more listening to you and we take a victorious stance, that we're bolder with our prayers, and we're bolder with our faith, that if we need a job in Jesus' name, we pray for jobs right now. We pray for healing right now. We pray for families to be whole, marriages to grow stronger, friendships to grow stronger, and Lord, we pray for families that maybe you don't even talk to certain people in your family, but God, as we take a huge step of faith and start talking to them again, that they respond back. We show love wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, this is going to be a life of victory, if we just claim it, if we actually just take what was already given to us through Jesus Christ. It is so much easier said than done, but get in the word with these scriptures. I will type these scriptures out underneath. There's quite a few. Read them. Take a few and read them every day. But the Bible says that as followers of Christ, we have victory in his name. That's in every area of our life. So if you need something right now, I know... I've lived a life of everyone but me, that I believe the Bible for everyone but me. And I'm, I get it. But you start just praying God, Jesus's blood over everything you're going through, and ask him to give you his perspective, because you may not like what you see in yourself. He may point some things out in yourself, not in a downtrodden, sad way sometimes what he'll point out is your lack of faith. Sometimes what he'll point out is that something is coming against you and you need to stand against it. Sometimes he's going to tell you to fast. ugh, But it's true. Sometimes he's going to say, stop praying this way. Pray this way. I don't know what he's going to tell you. I don't want to be someone who who's who has formulas for things. I want to be honest and say the Holy Spirit will tell you if you invite him into your life. And sometimes you're going to have to invite him over and over again, because there's something there. We have to spend time with him and talk to him. So in Jesus' name, we thank you for all your blessings, Lord. Ladies, have a great week. Live from a place of victory. God is for us, not against us. Until next time.